Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Nothing about this is what I have to offer to you. It's where are you in your work? How far can I take you? What great advice on what right business partnering is all about from Carol Hachende Lupia, our guest mentor for today's episode, where we also go on to deconstruct together why traditional accounting is a bit like forcing olives into someone's green salad. And how we as finance business partners can go on to avoid this. You know, we really go into what true business partnering is all about. There's a lot out there at the moment in terms of what we should be doing. But Carol really has hit the nail on the head with it. We explore three tips on how to make it easier for our stakeholders and clients to achieve their objectives. And also the best mix of skills for today's modern finance professional. Now, uh, Carol was a bit of a hard person to track down. We've been uh, connected with each other for a good while, had a few conversations in the past while as well. So it was great to bring her insights onto the show. And I can't wait to share those with you. And before we bring you Carol, just want to say if you enjoy the episode, you can also check out the timestamp show notes. It's got key quotes, resources, and the best way to connect with Carol at sitnshow.com. And Really appreciate you investing your time with us today. So without further ado, over to Carol and the show. So Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Good to talk to you after a long time of waiting. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know you, you kept us waiting, but I'm delighted to be able to share you with our audience. And uh, some of them would be familiar with you, but for those who aren't, would you mind maybe quickly giving us a brief account of your career journey in accounting and finance? Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Being an accountant was actually very remote in my aspirations as well as dreams because I was in the science class in high school and I really wanted to be a pharmacist for two things. Number one, I loved chemistry. And number two, don't judge me, I loved the look of pharmacists in the white scribes because they just look, they look learned <laughs> and classic then um, in the last year in the last term of my high school i stumbled across my dad's chemistry book my dad was a biochemist and i was horrified at what i saw in that book and the medical terminology oh. just threw me off completely so accounting was actually a fallback plan for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's how it works right i qualified as an accountant after high school that was in zambia and I worked through all the accounting functions from cashier to what was then known as chief accountant. And, and my accounting career was formed and shaped in a not-for-profit sector. So after working as a chief accountant, mainly responsible for budget control and preparation of management reports, I began to get bored with the routine that went with the work. Mm. So what I discovered was everything stayed the same. What changed were figures. Everything else was the same every month, year in, year out. You post, you conduct variance, and you reconcile. 
And at that point, I decided to study CIMA, which incorporates strong elements of technical skills, business skills, people skills, and leadership skills. And then I qualified as a chartered global management accountant. And that opened my mind to a new world of possibilities in accounting beyond financial uh, reporting and management. Specifically from that study, I fell in love with mm. supply chain and procurement, and I decided to explore a career in that space. So I got a job as a manager at KPMG in the management consulting unit here in South Africa, where I am now. I worked in their supply, supply chain and procurement advisory team. And that opportunity exposed me to the business environment in both the public and private sectors. And, and Andrew, you will know that as a consultant, you walk in through a client's door with zero knowledge about their problem and environment. You paddle through solution development and walk, walk out as an expert. So I love that challenge. However, again, I was not 100% sold to the consulting approach of predefined solutions that would more often than not present as a plug and play to resolve client challenges. So I, I, I recall being told by a client that we were forcing her to have olives in her green salad because that was oh. our understanding of how a salad should be. And all she wanted was lettuce, cucumber, and tomatoes in her salad. Would that not be a salad? So oh. that moment actually changed the way I looked at account, uh, consulting. And I went for research on how to be uh, stakeholder-centric as a consultant and finance business partnering provided that link. In, in summary, uh, on my background, about two years ago, I quit my job at KPMG to start my own consulting firm, defaulting back to uh, the world of finance, but this time as a finance business partner consultant. This has been a two-year journey in this space, and I'm very, very privileged at this point to have joined the Outperformer as a partner for the African region. So uh, the Outperformer, we call it TOP, is a global learning and development consultancy that works specifically with finance leaders and their teams training and coaching them to embed a high performance culture and adopt a new finance work race performance in areas such as business partnership and innovation. And we work on projects with global organizations, government, education institutions around the world. My focus is African expansion and maximizing the impact of finance transformation in Africa. Congratulations on on uh, working with the outperformer. I, I do think they're Thank a, a great team, and uh, we've had some of them on the the show before. But I I do want to delve into some very interesting points you made yes. in your in in your sort of career journey. There, mm. I love the fact that, that the analogy you used actually that you know you're potentially when you were doing consulting uh, previously in one of your previous employers. You were giving someone olives in their salad yeah. when they didn't want any yeah. green olives yeah. in their salad. Yeah. I mean, what a great analogy. And and like I suppose that I can see that happening so many times where in in, in finance yes. teams or in practice, we're forcing mm, our methods mm. onto our business partners or our yeah. clients or our yeah. customers. Yeah. Like how did I mean like that's a, I mean, you were lucky to get that penny to drop, but I mean, how can we how can we just move away from that? I mean, what what do you do differently now to make sure you're not giving uh, people green olives in their salads? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Andrew, we we get very bogged down into wanting to deliver something specific to to our clients. So like as 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 a consultant, 
we have all these solutions, like we have a solution for procure to pay, we have a solution for cost optimization, we have a solution for contract management, but we never really take time to sit and understand how and understand our clients' problems from their perspective. It brings me to the point of what's really exciting me about my work currently, the opportunity to shape a paradigm shift in the way of in the way of work for finance and facilitate cultures of high performance in finance teams through business partnering. And what's exciting about this is is the way we look at uh, business partnering at the outperformer. You will you will know, Andrew, that there's lots of talk and advice out there on what true business partnership is. And because business partnership is not covered in the gap, the generally accepted accounting principle, <laughs> there's a high level of subjectivity placed on business partnering work. But coming to your question, our approach at top is principle-based. It recognizes that partnering is ongoing consulting with business stakeholders to help them unlock their highest value priorities. Underpinning this with the right selection and use of tasks, tools, technologies, assets that increase the likelihood of right decisions and optimum of business performance. So it's really nothing about this is what I have to offer to you. It's where are you in your work? How far can I take you? towards achieving your strategic objectives. Yeah, so that's just trying to answer your question on, on, on how we can change the way we approach client uh, challenges. And I suppose for our audience listening in, I mean, is there any sort of tips that, that would make that a bit of an easier thing to do? Because I can imagine, like, like similar to yourself, Carol, mm. when I was starting out, there was a lot of reconciliations, a lot of reporting, mm. a lot of data gathering, mm. uh, not very sexy work, not very uh, meaningful work at the time. But I, I was just saying to um, an analyst the other day, mm. I said, you know, like, but it did prepare us very well for what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, and also to appreciate the the type of work that we, we do now from a business partnering perspective. But um, I mean, are there any things that you found that work well for you that maybe some of our audience could perhaps uh, follow and, and make their lives a bit easier when it comes to comes to appreciating where our our business partners are, are coming from and how we can help them achieve their objectives? Just to continue my line of thought on um, finance business partnering and, and how it's come about into the the work of, fin- of finance professionals, even though it's been around for a few decades that's the the business partnering concept many finance teams andrew and business partners are still stuck with the old way of working where they're not operating at the desired strategic business uh, partner level and and you and i have heard sentiments such as oh we don't have enough time to partner because we're busy with month end <laughs> or too busy with budgets, or too busy resolving accounting discrepancies and other finance-related issues. So my work here is helping in these situations shift the needle towards uh, business partnering by co-designing programs that help them get the focus right. I'll give you an example of one of our clients who was challenged with the task, um, with task-focused activities, which left them with no time for partnering. I consulted with them and coached them through a consultative approach of getting uh, context to strategic objectives to solve stakeholders' core problems top down. And by the way, 
this is where the ball gets dropped. When business partners do not understand the organizational strategy, they'll have challenges convincing stakeholders to focus on high value activities that unlock sound decision-making and better performance. So anyway, my client was shocked at how enlightened their stakeholder became when we worked with them to link their day-to-day -day activities to their objectives. And I tell you, the conversation immediately transcended beyond what is the balance of my budget to what should I be concentrating on to achieve this objective. And that's what I'm enjoying the most about my work, helping finance teams change the way that they approach business partnering and the ripple effect it has on their, on their stakeholders. And also creating programs and strategies to unblock barriers to success for business stakeholders, which, Andrew, if you'll allow me, brings me to the point of value creation. Again, value is very subjective and one cannot be pres prescriptive about it. So at, at the outperformer, we describe value as um, lying at the intersection of a problem and a solution whose measure is the relative importance of the problem to the stakeholder. In other words, if your report is not helping stakeholders make decisions or resolve challenges, the exercise is futile. Again, there's some people listening and I, I'm going to come to this over their defense because I do agree with you. I mean, that is ultimately where we need to go as finance. I think we need to be driving the value creation agenda and on top of that, develop the skills to go capture it too. Yeah. So yeah. it's identifying it, working with the business on making it happen and then bringing it in. And I think one thing we probably leave, leave ourselves short on, Carol, is actually... Um, you know, putting a value on that value, you know, um, if something's, if something's important enough, then it can get measured, you know, and I firmly believe that anything that reduces uncertainty on something is, is typically uh, got some value mm -hmm. in it. where I would say in finance, there's still a big role for us. And I want to get your thoughts on it is, you know, that work we, we start in our careers, that compliance controllership type yeah, work. Yeah. You know, without that, we don't have a foundation to go and do the the, the, the value yeah, creation and capture. I agree. I agree. So I mean, like, I mean, what? Yeah. So I mean, like, um, I suppose. What I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, how do? What's the right balance here? You know, is it a case of, uh, you know, the 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 budgets or the the reports? We we spend uh, maybe a week or two on them, and then the rest is. Business. I mean, what's the best mix in your mind that that's worked with with you and your clients? Okay, so the best mix for me that has worked uh, for our clients is identifying or uh, uh, distinguishing between enablement activities and value creation activities and balancing those. And I'll get uh -huh. into that. I was just about to give you an example of how I was invited to a meeting where my client, who is obviously a business uh, partner, was presenting a report to a stakeholder. And, and I wished for the life of me I had declined that meeting. The business partner was outraged because after spending a lot of time gathering information and putting the report together, the stakeholders only looked at a paragraph of the eight-page report. So we had to go back to the drawing board with my client, the business partner, and what emerged was that they had not understood what their stakeholder needed from the report. This is another challenge facing many business partners and many finance people where efforts is mistaken for value. So I worked with my client, helping them uh, make a distinction between enablement and value creation. And this was a bitter pill to swallow for my main stakeholder because at the end of the session, we discovered that almost the entire team was currently engaged in enablement activities 
and no real focus on value creation activities. Yeah. And perhaps at this point, it, it'll be good for me to give the distinction between the two and hence help our listeners to draw the line and how to get the balance between them. Great. Yeah, great. Enablement is what business partners do in their world to work effectively and efficiently, such as standardizing recurring routine processes, automating reports, building models, in other words, creating capacity and capability for ourselves to serve better. Those are enablement activities. And you cannot focus in your world alone. You need to make like clean up house. Then once you've cleaned up house, move on to adding value. And value creation is successfully facilitating and coaching stakeholders to navigate and overcome business challenges using the right tools, technologies, and assets to achieve their objectives. And, And Andrew, I might sound like a broken record here, but I would like to emphasize that it is important to understand what challenges the stakeholders are trying to solve. Otherwise, you end up assuming you're right and you give them a wrong solution. Like my client was outraged when his uh, stakeholders only looked at the paragraph of the eight-page report. So lastly, on the the value points, there are a few uh, key questions that one needs to ask to check if they're making an impact with their stakeholders and and where the value lies. I've got three. There are many, but uh, three come to mind right now. Is, Is value in the time you took to create a report or the discussion you have about the report? Is it in the standardization and automation of the reporting process or the way you distill reports in an individualized way to help stakeholders find meaning in the data? Lastly, is it in the budget process or the way you use the budget process to help the businesses make better decisions. If you think about it, and if I bring you back to the concept of finance business partnering, Andrew, it's not all about soft skills of communication and presentation in isolation. It goes beyond that. It's a holistic and ongoing contextual, Mac underline contextual, consultation with business stakeholders to help them achieve and navigate their highest value priorities the resultant of which is a culture of genuine partnership and high performance. And, and you will appreciate that to embed a new way of working, such as culture of business partnership takes time. That is why business partnership is not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. Otherwise you end up bandaging where it's not so. Like for me, I think you hit the nail on the head with, with people. I think it's uh, something you can read in a book it's one of those things that just needs to be continuously reinforced, reinforced um, not only from, from leaders in finance, but, but also in the practices we do. So, uh, yeah. and look, there was so much in there. Actually, Carol, I, I, I want to sort of uh, just, fle- um, you know, maybe summarize some of the bits you made, points you made. I really appreciate pointing out the difference between enablement and, and the value creation side. Yes. And, and like, you know, I think that's a simple test for our audience to do is like, you know, just questioning how much time I'm spending on enablement and how much of value creation. And a very good point you made is we need to get our own houses in order first. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. So, so that was that, that was a really, really, really good one as well. And I also love the point you made is, you know, effort versus value. 
you know, keeping busy isn't uh, necessarily a sign of being productive and effective. Not at all. Uh, and I think, and I think, you know, definitely, maybe it's just when we come into accounting and finance, we get a lot thrown at us. And mm. e- even funny enough, even when thinking back into into practice, you know, when we were, uh, you know, thinking about the billable hour, you know, it was yeah. actually a good thing to just spend mm. more hours on stuff. Uh, from a billable hour, uh, hours perspective, so you know, like there's um, there's probably that's probably going to be difficult for us to overcome. I mean, on all all these, I mean, if there's one thing, one thing our, our audience could could take away and and appreciate the journey for business partnering is is a longer term one. You know, what's the one thing that they could go start doing straight after listening to our conversation that would really help them on that journey? So the the one thing that would really help is to integrate accounting into business and mandate them to have an end-to-end collaboration on performance management, where every individual is fully aware of the action, the link and impact towards achieving organization objectives. I think you just hit the nail on the head Mm. 100%. That is, I call it asking those have and one questions. And and I actually, for myself, I have to write those down. So they're like writing them into the brains while I them. <laughs> but everyone has different approaches but what i'm saying is it's a process you you have to know and however we know get to know those things you're, mm. you're completely right mm. so mm. um so th- thanks for sharing such great advice with us I-, I do want to ask you though i mean what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received whatever you do give it your hundred percent go go on so uh, sounds like there's a story behind there uh, how did yeah. you come across that bit of advice my mom, um, I grew up in a Christian family and, and my mom would we call literature evangelists. So these are the people that uh, sell religious and, and, and health books and, and literature. And she would always say to me when I'm doing something, uh, she would quote a Bible verse. I just can't remember what it is, but she would say, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart and your soul and your mind. Mm. So I just sort of gave it a summary. <laughs> when I said, whatever you yeah. do, give it your 100%. So she said, whatever you're doing, Carol, whether you're washing dishes, whether you, you're presenting at a seminar, whether you, you, you're studying, whatever it is, give it your 100%. And, and, and you know, whether that's in our work environment or in our home environment, yes. I think that's that's great advice because, um, you know, you just don't know who you're setting an example mm-hmm. for. If you're a senior member of the finance order or a leader, remember, you're setting an example for people. So, if, you know, if you want people around you to give 100 percent, you got to do it yourself. And likewise, exactly. if you're coming up along in our profession, got to give 100 percent. Otherwise, how do you say people will sort of, I mean, I think that's one thing we do in finance. I think, you know, people is that expectation that we work really hard. Mm. Uh, a lot of the advice you've been sharing so far is actually not just to work hard, but actually some, some ways we can work a bit smarter as well. Yes. And, and, uh, and again, really appreciate you sharing that advice, Carol. Mm. I suppose in terms of uh, resources you found useful, are there any, any sort of ones you could recommend our audience go check out? Okay, so there's, uh, first of all, they must start with the Outperformer <laughs> website, if I can just throw that one in. <laughs> we've got a... <laughs> it is a good website, fairness. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we've got a lot of resources there. So um, the listeners can just go to the outperformer.co. But in terms of uh, personal resources, and one book that I can recommend to our listeners is When Coffee Competes with Kel. That book oh. 
Yes, it opens your mind to a new approach of stakeholder centricity and innovation. It's just priceless. I, I, I've not, I've not come, not come across that one before. Mm. Um, I, I can't wait to check check that one out. It's but really you sound good. really enthusiastic about it's it. It's really good. It tells you how to resolve customer challenges by just asking one simple question: What is the problem that the customer is trying to solve? And that's just it. It does it for me. And then um, just to sell my favorite show, Strictly Come Dancing UK. What's <laughs> that? Why I love that show, Andrew, is I love seeing people grow in the process of learning. And this show just does it for me. It's, it's amazing how hard work and dedication can result in a world-class performance for these amateur dancers. So that's just like, it's amazing. I'm going to take your word for it because I don't follow it myself. But I know loads <laughs> do. And I'm pretty sure some of our listeners do as well. Um, that are based in the sort of UK and uh, and uh, watching the English channels there. So, um, okay, uh, look, uh, this, this is a conversation literally with great advice, Carol. <laughs> um, uh, I was thinking if our audience wished to continue the conversation with you, um, I, I would suggest they go to you because, uh, you, again, you're, you're giving such great advice here. Um, what's the best way of connecting with you? At? Uh, so the best way to connect with me is uh, by LinkedIn. Uh, my, my, my name's on LinkedIn, Carol Hachandi Lupia. And also, uh, they can get information from our website. And my email address also is another way to connect with me. It's carol at theoutperformer.co. And if they miss all those details, they can just reach out to you and you'll point them to where. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Reach out to me and I will put them on the show notes as yeah, well. Yeah. So so they, they'll all be there to go check out again with the, the detailed time stamped uh, parts of our conversation. Should anyone want to go over some of the, mm-hmm. the, the comments mm-hmm. we uh, a conversation we had together, Carol? And I suppose, look, um, as we're wrapping up, would you maybe have any parting thoughts for our audience today? Yeah, so maybe just quickly uh, to share what, what's going to keep me busy in the next 12 months. I think that will be very valuable to our listeners because one or two people could benefit from that. Um, I, I will be sharing a lot of experiences and case studies through posts and blogs. In fact, I, I already have a couple of blogs that's been launched and are being published weekly, unfortunately, on LinkedIn and Twitter. Then I also have a webinar coming up in November this year where I will feature top financial leaders that are championing business partnership in our region. The the lineup is diverse and I'm confident that the audience audience will receive valuable insights on on the finance transformation agenda. So I do hope to have those quarterly webinars in the coming year. If any of the listeners are CFOs and they would like to feature on these webinars, they can just uh, reach out to me. And then I'll also be conducting a couple of public finance uh, business partnership accelerated workshops where I'll be sharing insights on key challenges of business partnering and how to navigate and overcome them. The first one kicks off in in October this year. So if there are any of your listeners who would like to um, attend this free workshop in Johannesburg, I'm feeling very, very generous. I give away a few tickets to your SA audience and and if, if if they do indicate that they would like to be part of these, we call them inside sessions. Oh, that's that's very uh, kind of you, Carol. So look, uh, perhaps uh, you, we make sure we get the right details on the show notes, yes, so that our audience can access uh, those um, 
Oh, great, great resources. Yeah. And, and look, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, I think as accountants and finance professionals, we always enjoy free stuff. So thank you very much. <laughs> and that's the irony because we're always expecting other people to pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, well, but what, what I would say, I do, I do, again, like a lot of our, our previous guest mentors on the show, Carol, mm-hmm. um, look, really appreciate you investing your time and donate, donating your time uh, for free to the show and sharing such great insights, advice and, and things that our audience can immediately start doing to help them have more meaningful, uh, successful and rewarding and fun careers in finance. So, Carol, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Andrew, for uh, bringing me on on this show. And I hope that the audience did get something of value out of it. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs, There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 